welcome to Dental Appointment, a podcast by two dental students aiming to give you an insight into the world of dentistry. We will be discussing all things dental related, from dental applications to life as a dental student. We will also provide you with an insight into our own experiences, as well as talking to other members of the profession about a range of different topics to get their views and learn about the different opportunities after dental school. My name is Ryan. And I'm Becky. And this is Dental Appointment. As part of the dental team series, we are joined today by Dr. Emmy Morrison, a general dentist working in Cornwall. Emmy also has an Instagram page and TikTok offering education to the wider community, busting the myths around dentistry. Thank you for joining us today, Emmy. Oh, pleasure to be here. Thanks for having me. Yeah, thanks again for joining us, Emmy. How are you doing? Yeah, I'm doing good. You've, you've caught me on a busy week, um, but it's. It, I'm. I'm really grateful for having me on. Like I was saying to you before, I wish that a podcast like this had existed back when I was applying for dental school or when I was just starting out in dental school. Um, I think it's really informative and hopefully useful to lots of people. Yeah, that's why we started it to sort of give everybody some information. So that's great feedback from you. Um, just to sort of start off the episode, would you like to tell us a little bit about yourself and what got you into dentistry, really? Sure. So um, I'm from Cornwall. I grew up there. And um, like yourselves, I, I did a degree before I went to dental school. And to be honest, I'm not one of the uh, I'm not one of the people who sort of wanted to be a dentist as a child. And, and growing up, it was something that sort of came to me a little bit a little bit later, sort of midway through the first degree that I did. Um, I don't come from a, a family that is in any way medical or, or dental, so it was it wasn't something that I really uh, considered until I was a little bit older. Um, but saying that, I believe it or not, I used to be absolutely terrified of the the dentist when I was really young. Um, but I remember once being in a in a checkup actually and um, listening to the dentist sort of reading out all the all the tooth code, and I think something in my head was like. I'm going to understand what this means one day. <laughs> and um, it's funny because now, now I do. Um, but I, uh, I did my first degree in Plymouth and then I moved up uh, to the northwest to Lancashire where I did my dental degree. Uh, I did my foundation year up there as well. And uh, then last year I moved back to my hometown in Cornwall um, and started work here. So that's me up to now. And yeah, love it. Lo- loving my job. Yeah, it's great to hear that you're loving being a dentist just now and you said that that came to you quite later on um as opposed to kind of school and what made you make that decision to become a dentist the age-old question why dentistry basically yeah exactly the classic interview question i mean i was always interested in the sciences particularly biology and everything and um when i first went to university i actually wanted to go into research and uh, be a research scientist which um, it's something I still find really interesting now, but um, I did a placement year during my first degree um, working in a, in a lab in, in Plymouth and doing research, and it, it was amazing, um, but I, it didn't fulfil me as I hoped it would, and that's when I sort of realised I wanted something that was more patient-facing um, with more interaction in the day, and uh, that's when you get the classic, you know, well, medicine or dentistry. So I went and did work experience for both, but I think what really um, stood out for me with dentistry is that you are providing a physical solution to a physical problem. Um, there's something about, I mean, obviously a lot of medicine 
is is well just as the title uh, says is, is about medicine about providing drugs for a particular problem but i love that in dentistry a lot of what we do is you know there is a physical problem we can physically solve that um and that to me is just really satisfying and then you, you've got the lifestyle part as well where um I mean, there's so much variety within dentistry. You can obviously, you can go and work in a hospital and do night shifts and such. But I loved that I could work, you know, the the regular hours um, as well and, and have a bit of a life outside of work as well, which is, I think is so important. Um, so it was the sort of the lifestyle element as well. But like I said, there's so much, there's so much variety within it. Um, and now ever since I have gone into it, I, I'm so thankful I did because I can't imagine myself doing anything else now. I'm so glad that I sort of found that that path because um, I find it so fulfilling now. I don't think any other job could have me as fulfilled. Yeah, for sure. And it's good, I suppose, that you recognise that from your other degree as well. But from what you learned from a, your other degree, you can sort of transfer it to this one with regards to like your research and things, if that was something that you were interested in doing. Exactly, exactly. And I think it's it's quite um it's quite a, a scary thing to get halfway through um a path that you're going down and realise that actually it's not for you. Mm-hmm. Um and that you, you do want to sort of take a, a different turn and um you know it, it's a big decision to go back to to university again after already because I mean I did a four-year degree and like yourselves you then go on and do an, another four-year degree. It's a lot of time spent in, in university and um I remember telling my mum and she was like, what? You're going, you're like, you're, you're doing more. Um, but I, oh, I don't regret any of it. And I, I think um, the good thing is as well, I, I don't regret doing my first degree because like you said, there is so much to sort of transfer and uh, take forward with me as well. I think it's made me a better dentist now because of the knowledge and the growing up that I gained from my first degree um but I mean you're so young when you're choosing these things like when you're choosing your A levels when you're you know um so it's hard to make that huge life decision and and stick to it I think it's you know you're very lucky if you if you know from a very young age that that's definitely what you want to do but um if you get you know part way through and and decide oh actually this isn't right for me you know it is worth it to make the change because now I know I'm I'm much happier for it. Yeah, that's really nice to hear. Yeah, as and I mean it's totally relatable to us, like you say, because we've we've been on quite similar journeys so far, um, and it's something that we've we've highlighted quite a few times in the podcast that you know do something that's going to make you happy, and if you get halfway through something, there's no there's nothing wrong with saying actually I want to take this in a different direction. Yeah, I can agree more. So how would you explain what your role is as a dentist within the dental team? So, I mean, what's great about my job is um, I have a bit of variety. So um, I split my time between doing um, just general general dentistry and then I'm also in urgent care um, and a little bit of special care as well. Um, so it, it varies depending on which day I'm on. As, as a general dentist, my, my role in the team is essentially to um, lead the dental team in, in taking care of, of that patient's mouth and 
what's what's great about um, my team when I'm in general practice is we've got an absolutely excellent uh, dental hygiene therapist that works with us. Our nurses um, are trained in uh, radiography um, and a lot of them do extra oral hygiene advice as well. So actually we have a really great team um, in my practice where we we can sort of work together and, and my role as a dentist is sort of to um, you know do the do the checkup for the patient put together the treatment plan and then delegate the tasks to other other team members and um sort of lead that team uh, as well and um it's great that sort of team working environment i think dentistry has changed so much in the last few decades where it used to be that it was very much your de the dentist, the nurse, that you know, the dentist is in in charge and does everything. Um, whereas now, I think it's a it's a lot more of a um, a team environment. You know, all of the staff training now, all of the staff are involved. You know, to even to the receptionists have quite you know good knowledge of dental issues and they're able to, um, you know, if we've got a patient ringing with an inquiry on the phone, like it's it's really good to have that sort of multidisciplinary team environment and it's it's really helpful as well um like long gone are the days where it was just you know a dentist in in your own room doing your own thing it is it's very um like intercalated now which which is so much fun and on my urgent care days they're you know slightly more stressful that is a, that's essentially everyone you're seeing that day is an emergency um, and in Cornwall, where dental access is is so poor and, and half of the people don't have a dentist here, uh, quite a lot of the emergencies we see are, are quite serious where it's someone who hasn't had access to a dentist in years and years. So that there's often multiple issues going on. So it's quite a different role to general practice because rather than um, doing a general checkup for everything and taking care of that person's entire oral health, you've very much got to focus on the problem at hand and uh, trying to resolve that person's pain in a very short space of time. So um, it's a lot more sort of high pressure situation. And again, this is where it's so good to have your sort of team members there as well, because again, our, some of our nurses are, are trained in uh, radiography so they can take x-rays and gosh it's so it's so helpful when you've got a busy day of emergencies and um you know if, if a patient needs a particular x-ray taken they uh, the nurses can be taking that x-ray while we're setting up for other things so that's really helpful um it definitely makes the day a lot easier when uh, you've got a good team around you for sure great and how did you get into the urgent care service so this started dur during the pandemic, to be honest. And uh, for me, the COVID pandemic actually uh, sort of changed the path that I was going to go down um, and got me really thinking, like, hang on, what do I actually want to do? I think what people will find when you get into dentistry is it's very easy to be pushed down a sort of one particular tunnel of like, oh, this is what you should do. And this is the order you should do things in, in terms of um, your degree and what to do after your degree. So my initial plan was I was gonna do my degree, do my foundation year, the, the year that you do after you graduate dental school. Um, and then I was gonna go and take a post in a hospital setting. I wanted to do uh, a, a post in, in oral surgery and, and maxillofacial surgery. And um, it was it was the pandemic that sort of made me realise that actually I, I think I'm just doing that because that's what through dental school 
you know, you've kind of told that's a good thing to do, therefore you should do it. And I stopped and thought, what what do I actually want to do and, and what do I want to get out of it? And that's when I started looking at other roles. Um, and I feel like when you leave dental school, there are two main avenues that people tend to go, and that's being an associate, so being a general dentist, or going down the, the hospital route or the dental core training route, um, which starts you off down a particular speciality. But I've actually kind of weirdly found a post that combines the two. So I'm doing general practice and um, then I'm doing urgent care as well, which um, in a community setting is a little bit like a core training post. So I work with uh, specialists in um, special care. There are, you know, people who are highly trained in oral surgery and things. So I'm learning a lot from my colleagues around, which is excellent. But then also keeping my hand in and doing general practice as well. So I, I managed to get a lovely sort of variety. But I mean, as as everyone will know, urgent care is something that's been so important during the pandemic, where, where general practices have had to close or significantly decrease the number of patients they're seeing. So um, that's been quite fulfilling to me. I, I kind of wanted to be at the forefront of seeing as many people as possible during the pandemic. It's really interesting to hear how you got into that, though. And like, it, as you say, there's like two avenues that you tend to sort of go down, but you've managed to sort of merge them together quite nicely, it seems. Definitely. I think that was another thing I didn't mention was uh, it can be quite scary to leave dental school and leave your foundation training year where it's a salaried post and your pay doesn't depend on the number of patients you're seeing. And when you uh, when you're an associate in general practice, usually you you are getting how much you get paid will depend on how many people you are seeing. Like the more people you see, um, the more you get paid. Whereas whereas my post is a is a salaried post, which means that mm-hmm. I don't have to worry. You know, I I can really take the time with my patients because it's not impacting what I'm getting paid, and that is um it's quite a relief when you're just starting out and you want to be able to take the time and and get used to a new environment and everything so that's quite a nice in between as well because typically the the dental core training that you know the hospital posts and everything are salaried uh training posts whereas usually working in general practice is uh, more of a a sort of self-employed position so Mm -hmm. to find something that's a nice combination mm. of those where I'm doing general practice but in a salaried position is, is quite nice. Mm-hmm. I think a lot of people don't realise that as well that if you were to go and work in as an associate is self-employed. I wasn't aware of that when I started out to be honest. Yeah you don't think about like you don't think about that before you start and um, how the how the NHS system for paying dentists works at the moment is not really ideal you know if a patient needs one filling or 10 fillings uh this is in england anyway you um you'll get paid the same you just get paid uh you know that particular band of treatment um so you can end up actually losing money on on some patients um which you know it's 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 stressful because if you're then working in an area where you've got a lot of high need patients you, you're not able to spend that the right you know that time with them because you're going to end up losing money because you're not going to be able to see as many people and if someone needs 10 fillings well you have to do those 10 fillings for them mm-hmm. um and it's going to take a lot of your clinical time and you're only gonna 
receive a very small amount of money that doesn't cover it so uh, i think there's uh, i mean there's talks of perhaps a new a new contract coming through that's more geared towards prevention which i think is is so important i that's such a big part of our role is is education and prevention and how the system works at the moment makes it very difficult to provide that because like we said if if you're dealing with high need patients and the amount the the amount you're going to get paid depends on how many people you're seeing and how quickly you know that's one of the things that's very easy to slip up on is is providing you know good prevention and good education which is one of the reasons that I've sort of taken to Instagram and TikTok mm-hmm. and stuff because I think the beauty of that is you can record something once and it can be seen many times um, so it doesn't take a lot of my time, but hopefully it's providing some kind of education and some kind of prevention. So I just, I, I feel so strongly that that's such a huge part of our jobs. Yeah, definitely. And I think it's, you know, like you said, social media, it's it's sort of widening access to that information that maybe some people just don't even have access to mm-hmm. at all. Exactly. And I, I tried to take myself back to before I went to dental school and before I knew about teeth and everything. And some things that seem so obvious or common sense to us, if you've never been taught that before, mm-hmm. you know, that's not right. I mean, I remember coming to dental school and being like, oh, I've actually been flossing wrong my whole life. Like, I didn't know that you're not supposed to pull the floss like forward and back and things like no one actually ever t- like I didn't know you had to. um you know, angle the toothbrush towards your gum line, like no one had ever told me that before. So why why would people know know to do that? So um, I think that's a big thing. I'm trying to remember how, you know, how I used to think about teeth and oral hygiene before I became a dentist and, and try and remember that, you know, unless people have been taught these things before, you know, we can't expect them to know it automatically. And mm-hmm. particularly in, in again, the, the high need areas like Cornwall, some of the some of the people I see have, have never seen a dentist in their lives, mm-hmm. um, you know, and and they um, are born into families where their parents have lost their teeth very young. So, you know, oral hygiene and oral health hasn't been a huge part of that. It hasn't been a priority for them and they haven't been educated. And, you know, there's a um, a lot of people truly believe that, you know, bad oral health is just something that runs in families um, and and don't realise that it's not inevitable, it's maybe preventable. So Mm -hmm. um, I think that's why just making um, access to that information much easier. I mean, everyone is, so many people are on social media and even just, you know, seeing something quickly uh, doesn't take much time out of your day. And I think there's a lot to be said as well when it's not directed at a particular person I feel like if it's something that you're just putting out there to everyone people don't take that as a personal attack Mm -hmm. whereas obviously you know there are some patients where you come in and if you start explaining to them like oh well this is actually how you hold your toothbrush and stuff they're like uh yeah I knew that (laughs) you know so um I think that's you know that's one of it one of the reasons that I like to do that yeah, I think it's fantastic that you're using that platform to communicate that to everybody. And like you say, the kind of bad oral health, people thinking that that runs in families. And it's more so the kind of bad oral habits that have been passed down through the generations. And if dentists don't have time to give that prevention, then you're not stopping that link in the chain from passing down even further, aren't you? Yeah, I mean, again, I I couldn't agree more. It's making that information available. And, you know, not only that, a lot of people um, 
have had really bad experiences in childhood and everything. And, uh, you know, as we were saying earlier, dentistry has changed so much. And another great way that it's changed is there's a lot more emphasis on communication. And uh, sometimes it's nice to remind people that we're there to help, not to judge them. Um, a lot of people can feel uh, fear of being judged um, or, or, or fear because of previous bad experiences. So uh, I think that is one of the great things about social media is, you know, if you're seeing the other side of it and seeing, um, you know, that dentists are just normal people as well and um, that you're not going to be judged and everything, that's going to help people feel a lot more comfortable. That's something I've found through my um, sort of TikTok and Instagram. It always feels quite nice when people message and say, you know, I've been terrified of the dentist for years, but I've kind of plucked up the courage to go now. And actually it was, it was, I had a great experience and my dentist is lovely and everything. And that's always so nice because um, I think it's one of the GDC standards is about making sure the public have like a positive view of dentists. Um, so I, I like to think that um, I'm going the extra mile with that one and trying to change people's perceptions. Because I remember when I was a child, I, I was terrified of my dentist. He was not very empathetic I don't think he liked children very much and um it really affected me and obviously thankfully I've been able to overcome that and I'm now a dentist myself but you know had that been my only experience a dentist I can completely understand why people would be worried about coming yeah and it's interesting that you sort of mentioned empathy there because like you were saying earlier how you were thinking back to how youth felt when you were younger and were like oh I'm, I'm not sure how to floss or things like that um, and it sort of highlights that it is like a massive quality or attribute actually that dentists sort of need to have almost. Yeah definitely I mean uh, something that really stuck with me um, was one of my lecturers in dental school said to me people remember how you make them feel like people remember you by how you make them feel. And that's so true. I mean, I think um, you could probably do the best filling in the world for someone, like the most clinically perfect filling. But if you didn't communicate well with that patient, they felt judged because they needed a filling or anything like that, they're not gonna leave feeling very positive. Whereas, you know, if, if you sort of um, strike up a good relationship with your patient, um, it's going to leave them feeling so much better. And it's sometimes it's nice to see patients leave. I mean, like I said, I see a lot of patients in urgent care. Some of them are coming in, in and it's only the extreme pain that they've been in that's actually pushed them to come for a dental appointment. You know, they've managed to avoid the dentist for so many years and they come in so, so nervous. I feel just, just awful for them. I see them come in with the weight of the world on their shoulders and, you know, um, to be able to sort of get them through that experience and you see them leave with this huge weight lifted. And it's nice to think like, well, I hope I changed their perception now and that if they had a problem, again, they wouldn't hesitate to come back and see us. You know, maybe they'll go and sign up to the waiting list to actually get a dentist and, and sort of make some changes. Um, you know, I think it's one of those things, the, the longer you avoid something, almost the, the, worse, it, the worse it is. And uh, I think to go into a situation where you're already nervous and be met with any kind of adversity or judgment or anything is only going to make that situation 10 times worse. And I think though the dental school interviews are quite intimidating and uh, can be quite, quite scary, um, they are definitely geared to 
choosing people that do have empathy and good communication skills because ultimately we've realized that is what you know they're some of the most important attributes in, in a dentist so you you mentioned empathy and communication there in terms of being really important attributes are there any other qualities that you think make a good dentist for sure um um the thing about communication as well uh, that I'll just say quickly is you don't have to start dental school or apply to dental school already an expert in communication. My communication skills have gone way up since I've been in dental school. You know, you learn so much throughout that process. So don't, you know, if you're someone who's quite quiet, like I am naturally a very introverted, quiet person. I don't seek out, you know, social interaction that much. And, uh, you know, I think you would have probably described me as someone who's quite shy. Um, but actually the process of dental school gives you those skills and allows you to open up. So as long as you're willing to work on it, you'll be absolutely fine. Um, Like my communication is definitely something I've built up over time. So, you know, if anyone's thinking, I want to apply to dental school, but I'm a bit, you know, I don't know how good I am at talking to people and stuff. You will develop that over time. You don't have to go in as an expert. You'll, there are skills that you can develop. I think I think pretty much all the skills of, of being a good dentist, I think you've got your, your sort of fundamental ones that need to be sort of inbuilt in you. And then you've got the ones you can develop. So communication is one you can develop. Some attributes that I'd say um, are sort of fundamental to becoming a dentist are... Um, just generally wanting to be in a job where you are providing like a a health service to people like you need to be someone that gets their fulfillment from helping others which sounds obvious but I I feel like some people go into dentistry perhaps because they want to make a lot of money um, or because they are more sort of business orientated and something I feel really strongly about is um, I consider myself a healthcare worker, not like a business person. Um, that that that's that's something that I think is uh, especially important. Um, is that you're going into it for the right reasons. Uh, other things that are important that can be built on as well are um, manual dexterity. It, it sounds obvious, but you have to be good with your hands because that's what you're doing. Again, you don't have to go in as an expert, but you've got to have that sort of natural ability there. So, you know, if you if you play an instrument, if you um, do lots of art, if you do sewing, if you do um, nails, if you like anything like that with your hands, start building on those skills as early as possible, because that's something that is just fundamental and it's really going to give you a head start i mean i think some other really important skills i mean you've just got your classic ones of um being detail orientated like it, it really helps to be a little bit of a perfectionist um when you're dealing with something i mean looking in the mouth and everything uh you're dealing with it essentially quite a small uh, a small dark place um you've got to be quite on it in terms of spotting things like that and um in terms of providing treatment as well it's it's all very um fine precise work that you're doing so it's quite good if you enjoy that kind of thing i think if if tiny little things um you know nitpicky things if that frustrates you uh, you'll probably find dentistry very annoying because uh, there's a lot of like little sort of um you know you're working in a, essentially a very small space um doing very precise work so uh that, that's a big thing and then you know other sort of typical things are you you are going to be um working as part of a team 
so again uh, you have to be able to work well with other people which of course is something that you can sort of build on with time I'm not going to lie I was one of the people that when we got set a group project in school I'd be thinking oh god like how am I going to work with, with a group of people um but when you um are working as a dentist like your team is everything and usually um when you are working in that team everyone's very committed everyone's very um on it so so that's really helpful um so you've kind of not got to be afraid of delegating things if you're someone that can't quite likes to do uh, everything yourself um <laughs> you you need to get used to sort of delegating responsibilities as well and then i mean just to get through dental school alone you've got to be pretty committed and pretty organized as well um you know there are going to be times where you maybe have to uh, make a few sacrifices miss out on a few uh <laughs> events or, or occasions because um it, you know it's definitely not one of the degrees that you're you're going to go into um where you have lots of time off you have lots of days off or anything like that it's, it, I'd, I'd say it's very full-on um not that that's a bad thing it's amazing because um people you meet in dental school are going to be friends for life and getting to spend every day with them is is amazing but if you have a lot of friends that are doing um different degrees that are maybe less demanding uh sometimes it can feel a bit rubbish to have to say oh god i'm gonna have to sit this one out because i've got to revise or i've got got work to do or i'm on clinics tomorrow and stuff so um definitely some some sacrifices you've kind of got to uh, love and enjoy doing it and um yeah I think I think they're the they're the main things um and you know don't be afraid to bring some of your like in, individuality into into it as well um you know I, I think everyone has got something a little bit different to offer um when it comes to like being a dentist it's definitely not like a one size fits all um you know so me for example I feel like I'm really good for phobic patients because I'm like a small woman. <laughs> I'm quite friendly, like I'm very unintimidating for someone who is quite nervous of, of things. So um, everyone's got their sort of different skills. So don't be afraid to bring a bit of your own um, sort of unique personality to it as well. It's definitely not like a, a carbon copy for everyone. Um, there's a lot that, you know, you can bring into it as well that you know, for example, me on, on TikTok, that's definitely not a prerequisite of being a dentist is like wanting to make videos to put out there. But, you know, it's it, it definitely helps. So um, there's a lot you can sort of bring in and uh, make the job kind of what you want it to be. Yeah, absolutely. And I think it's great the way that you put that there about the kind of two different types of skills, one that's almost things that you can build on and improve throughout dental school but then there's also that side that you kind of need to have these attributes that are core to you and kind of in your nature as well um that are quite fundamental to being a dentist yeah definitely there's things that you perhaps can't can't build upon like if you're if you're generally an, an empathetic person that that's great that's perfect because um, you probably get very frustrated if you're not because people mm -hmm. are going to come to you. I mean, uh, the great thing about our job is that especially if you're in general, a general dentist, people aren't always going to be coming to you with problems or, or issues or something. But, you know, a lot of our job is, um, you know, people coming to you um, who are often nervous, in pain and everything. You've got to 
to feel for them. And I, I think um, we'll probably talk about it a bit later. That that can also take a toll on mm-hmm. you as well. So um, it, it's good to be quite resilient. You're, you'll be told that you're hated a lot. <laughs> People love to say they hate dentists. <laughs> yeah, that is true. I think we've probably had that experience already even early in our careers from patients at dental school um but I suppose that sort of follows on quite nicely to well I suppose relating to like resilience and things and what do you find most challenging about your job as a dentist I mean I've thought about this a lot there are definitely some challenging things I think um there's a few one of them is um like we said about resilience Uh, I see a lot of nervous patients and I feel because I do have a high level of empathy I almost experience I feel like I go through that experience with the patient and when you're seeing I don't know you know 15 patients a day or, or, or 20 or whatever how many you see um going through that a lot of times can take a bit of a toll on you 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 can be kind of mentally exhausted by the end of the day or like emotionally exhausted through supporting people through um what what for them could have been quite a traumatic experience um but hopefully Mm -hmm. isn't because you've put a lot of yourself into helping um them through that so um certainly there there's some days where i'll leave work and think oh my gosh like what a day (laughs) um but you know it's it's a great feeling too i think um I, what's quite good is I, I can I can get home I can switch off from the job which which is good but yeah it can be quite emotionally draining I think you've got to build a level of stamina as well mm-hmm. what can be quite challenging is um quite often like first thing in the morning you're quite on it but as the day goes on you know you've perhaps got a referral to do you've run 10 minutes late with this patient and there's someone already waiting um you know you're getting towards the end of the day you've had a really busy day and you've now got to do a specific type of treatment and you need, you know, that treatment you do at the end of the day needs to be as good a quality as what you did at the beginning of the day. So you do have to kind of build that, that, that sort of stamina that, that, that comes with time of really putting in your best effort for every single person. Like you can't begin to flag at the, at the end of the day. So um, that can be, that can be challenging at times, you know, particularly if you, um, work a lot you, it, it is easy to get burnt out mm-hmm. I think probably the, the other thing that that can be challenging as well is it's not like a lot of jobs where I don't know say you're ill one day and you call in and you say I'm so sorry I'm ill I can't come into work today I sometimes uh, I think in my job because I, I work with um in urgent care where people are coming in pain I know that if I don't come into work, that's a significant number of people who are not going to be seen that day who who might be in pain. Mm-hmm. So um, your time is not your own. You can it can it's easy to feel like you're letting someone down if you can't, um, you know, if you if you do get ill and you can't make it in that day, or even just booking your your annual leave off, and you're thinking, oh, I don't want to go off here because I'm I'm halfway through this treatment with this patient and things like that. So um, it can be quite easy to get very involved in um, wanting to do the most for people um, and and for your patients and everything. Mm-hmm. So it's it's kind of learning that balance between um, going the extra mile for your patients and being there and uh, really committing to the job, but also taking time for yourself and 
trying not to feel guilty for needing time off or um you know if if you are ill uh, once in a while needing to call in that is something that i have found particularly challenging i think the last thing is dealing with patients you know a majority of people i see are amazing and, and motivated and and happy to be seen and and you can really have a great rapport with them but you will see people initially who there are some people you just can't win you'll you'll go out of your way to try and um get them engaged in their oral health you'll go out of their way to try and um you know give them the the, the best treatment possible sometimes it won't work out sometimes you could um go above and beyond for a patient and they won't be happy or they won't be invested in their oral health and i think sometimes that is quite difficult to except you know some sometimes um a patient who you thought you'd got on board won't show up for appointments and you you it's hard because you think oh i, I just want to help you but sometimes people won't help themselves and i think that is sometimes difficult to accept that um definitely mm-hmm. the dentist patient relationship and people's oral health is like a combined effort no dentist in the world can be totally responsible for what a patient does um and sometimes that can be tricky because, you know, with the best intentions in the world, you can do everything for that patient and, you know, they, they just don't want to take any responsibility themselves. So that is tricky. But I'd say that's a that's a small fraction of uh, the overall. Most people are, are absolutely wonderful. So, yeah, I mean, dentistry definitely doesn't come without its challenges. And then in terms of, uh, of career, it depends what route you go down. But if you are someone that goes into um, an associate position, so um, in general practice for NHS or for, or for private, um, dealing with your, if you are self-employed, you've got to obviously deal with your um, taxes and uh, your indemnity, your GDC fees, everything. There's a, There's a lot outside of work you're continuing professional development and that is all that is all very expensive it's all um it it requires a bit of organization as well so sometimes um there's a lot to do outside of the treating patients and uh getting to actually do dentistry which um is a little bit annoying sometimes but Mm -hmm. uh just just part of the job yeah I mean, absolutely. I think you wouldn't want to go into dentistry blindly without considering some of the potential challenges there. And it's not all roses. Um, And I think that's why I like asking this question to people, because it is great to go into dentistry, having that realistic insight into not only the benefits and how much of an amazing career you can have, but also being informed of things that are challenging and those hurdles that you might face throughout your career. But as with any kind of challenge, there's always rewards. And what do you enjoy most about your role within dentistry? You're you're so right. There are, um, you know, there's challenges within any career, but the amount of fulfillment I get from this job so massively outweighs um, everything like that. So um, for me, I think I feel like um, there's people who are interested in different parts of dentistry. So there's people who want to go into dentistry, they want to go into private work, they want to do cosmetic and Invisalign, veneers, all of that kind of thing, which is great and is is like a really great avenue of dentistry. I think for me, I feel like my entire 
purpose and the whole reason that I ended up being a dentist and my um my whole purpose for my career I think is for um trying to improve oral health um for those really high need patients there is literally nothing more fulfilling for me like I like I said I mean I've been to um and this is no disrespect to dentists who do think this but I went to a lecture the other day um with a with a dentist who has a very successful private practice focusing mainly on um Invisalign and veneers uh, and cosmetic work whitening and, and thing and such um and they don't see any NHS patients they just focus on that cosmetic part and the way that they were speaking they said you know the reason my practice is so successful is because of this and the reason that I am so successful is because of this and I think you've got to find and define what success means for you because success for me is not making a lot of money you know success for me is what have I done to improve the oral health in my community that is what success is for me so actually um that person's definition of success and mine are very different i would look at you know what they've said and i'll be like well hang on you've not um improved the oral health in your community at all but you've done amazing work in cosmetics so that's success for you but that wouldn't be successful for me if i ended my year having helped no one improve their oral health you know um that for me would not feel like success but then they might look at me and say, oh, well, I've made a lot more money than you. Therefore, I'm more successful than you. So I think it's about sort of finding your purpose, the reason you're doing it and what fulfills you. Um, so for me, uh, I don't really get fulfillment from money um, or anything like that. What some of the best days in, in my career is where I've taken someone who has come to me um, and often having poor dental health, it impacts your mental health so much. Um, I work with a lot of people who are recovering drug addicts and such, and it's very inspiring to see how these people have been through such a terrible time and have managed to turn their life around. And their smile is the one thing that's holding them back now. Um, and, you know, where they, they want to find a job, they want to get on with their life, but that is the one thing that's holding them back. Um, often these people are very committed um and very motivated to improve their oral health and actually when you get to the point where they've improved their oral health you've um, done all the treatment that's needed and then they sort of leave your practice really proud of their smile really proud of the the fact that they've overcome and then they go on to get a great job and like you've helped that person so much that to me is like my entire purpose and you know particularly Cornwall where I'm from I feel a huge sense of obligation that like this is a community I grew up in half the people here don't have a dentist how can I you know as much as I love doing the occasional cosmetic case I mean it you know it's lovely doing lovely smile transformations but how can I justify sort of turning my back on the NHS system when there are so many people in my community with severely poor oral health so that for me is the, the best thing about my job is actually being able to physically see the impact that I've had on my community. And um, I decided to keep track of all the treatment that I do. So in dental school, you will have to make a log of every treatment that you do. Um, you have to do the same in foundation year as well. 
And I set a bit of a challenge for for myself when I started my new role. Um, it's that I wanted to get better at extracting teeth. That was something that um, obviously you have to hit targets in dental school and um, in your foundation year once you finish dental school as well. Um, but for me, I was like, oh, do you know what? If I come across a really tricky tooth, that's something that I struggle with is, is doing extraction. So I decided to sort of keep a log of all the extractions I've done. And I think I started about six months ago and I think I'm on, um, I think about 320 extractions in the last six months and seeing how much I've improved in that time and then thinking that wow each of those like 322 extractions was someone who was in severe pain with that tooth and like being able to see the numbers and see the like community impact is is really fulfilling as well so i think that's the great thing about dentistry you um if, if you measure what you're doing you can sort of see in front of you how much you've done and then um taking it patient by patient quite often you can look in that patient's mouth, see where they started and see where they ended up and know that that's what you've done as well. Mm -hmm. That's quite, um, that's quite fulfilling to be able to physically see um, the, the change you've had in, in someone's, uh, in someone's smile. That's always very satisfying. Mm -hmm. Definitely re recommend taking photos of your clinical work. So having those before and afters is like so exciting to see. It's really interesting that like you have made that log and like you're saying with the visuals as well because that'll probably help with the challenges that you were talking about in respect to if you are struggling to get through to a patient or they're just maybe not taking on your advice but you can go and have a look at that log and see actually there's those 300 of people that I've actually helped when they were in pain. Yeah definitely I mean um, when I mean I think anyone that goes into dentistry is is someone who's obviously you know very passionate hard working and everything mm -hmm. um and sometimes the amount of work you put in doesn't always translate into results with particular patients because it depends how each patient is going to you could give the best oral hygiene advice in the world but if the patient's not interested that doesn't that doesn't matter so i i love that i love measuring things i love keeping a, um, a good log of things um and keeping uh good photographs as well like you said sometimes it can it can knock you a bit and we all have sort of uh, bad days as well and um you know i'll still have days now of course where i'm like oh you know that extraction didn't didn't go as well as i thought or oh you know this patient's rang back they're they're still in pain or, or something like that and it's, it's easy to feel like oh no does that mean like i failed but when you you take like the overall and you you're getting that sort of validation of like no i have done a lot that that is definitely helpful i mean i i recommend that to to anyone it's it's quite um satisfying tracking your little milestones mm -hmm. and it's a good way to reflect as well i think um one of the things that uh, not so common anymore but one of the things that used to be common in dentistry is because um dentists are essentially classed as like you know the leader of the dental team um that fear of of looking like you don't know what you're doing or if you're unsure about something thankfully that's changing a lot i mean it's probably it's very often i'll pop my head into a colleague and be like mm, not really sure here like what should I do and you can have that more open discussion like you don't have to know everything and I think it's being able to admit like when I started my new job 
um you know i was i was like i need to not be so hard on myself you know i've been a, i've been qualified as a dentist for one year we've been in a pandemic um you know we've not had as, as much clinical experience so it's being able to admit like like i said i feel like i'm not great at doing extractions so i was like right I kind of need to face my fear working in urgent care i'll be doing a lot of extractions and um now actually seeing how many i've done the reason i started tracking was because i saw a quote that said the first 200 extractions you do will be the worst so i wanted to log my first 200 <laughs> extractions and then when i hit 200 i was like yes like that's that's so good i i should you know see see um that should be my worst 200 extractions now um but i decided to carry on logging after because it's it's um it's so interesting and it's quite fun to get that hit those little milestones and to be able to look back and be like oh my god i've come so far since then um and you know uh constantly reflecting on the work you do that's something you'll hear in dental school all the time that at first i was like oh yeah like reflection like we've got to reflect on everything like i remember being in clinical things and they're like right reflect on that filling you've just done and it'd be like oh my god like all right <laughs> um but now i'm like oh my god it's so good because um particularly some things you don't come across that often so um you know i'll i'll do something and i'll say oh you know uh that went well that that didn't go well and i just make a little note of like what uh i would do differently next time and it's amazing how just that few seconds of being like oh, th this is what i do next time to improve that you just see yourself improve so much so quickly so it's one of those things in that when i was in dental school i was like yeah yeah reflection like it's great it's important and now i'm like oh my god it, it, you know i've seen myself improve so much um by being able to sort of reflect on on the work I've done because um, no no one starts out good at everything like you can't be uh, so uh, being able to admit that and then seek out the right experience and reflect on it um, is, is the best way to improve in my opinion for sure. Absolutely and it's great to hear how self-aware you are actually of your own practice which is really important um, and I wonder how much the kind of record keeping and looking at numbers and statistics kind of relates back to your first degree, maybe. That's very true, actually. I've started putting together a bar chart of what's the most common tooth that's extracted <laughs> in, um, in oral care. Um, but it's so true what you said about being self-aware. I think one of the most um, important ways of being a safe practitioner is being self-aware, um, you know, it's about knowing what you don't know. If you go in thinking oh, I'm the best dentist ever, I know everything, that's when it can be uh, more dangerous. So what you said about being self-aware is, is so important. And what you said about note keeping as well, that's what I was gonna say in one of the stressful things about the job is um, the ever increasing chance of litigation. <laughs> so a lot of, uh, you know, it's becoming increasingly likely that as a dentist, you're gonna get sued at some point in your career. So um, you have to be uh, very on it with things like notes, with consent um, and everything like that. Um, so sometimes, you know, if you have a patient that you feel you didn't get on with great or, you know, if you've um, 
done a bit of treatment and a patient calls back and says oh um i don't know this filling has fallen out or oh i'm still getting a bit of pain in this tooth you get that feeling of like oh my gosh have i done something wrong and um the 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 fear of being sued as well is is ever more likely so you've got to pay a lot of uh again attention to detail and being uh on it for every single patient Mm -hmm. yeah that's really important and i think that kind of overlooming sense of getting sued as well will not only kind of encourage that reflection to look back at what you've done every time to try and improve and linking back again to that self-awareness just to improve your your practice that's it and not being afraid to because i feel like as well that the the thought of being sued or the fear of doing something wrong and getting in trouble for it makes people less likely to admit when they feel like they've done something wrong Mm-hmm. Um, and I had uh, one of my colleagues who's now retired um, and seeing the difference in people who are newly qualified and more old school dentists is amazing because I saw a trauma patient and um, I was thinking about it afterwards um, uh, and, and they came in, they, they'd hit their face, uh, it, they had different issues with every tooth and like you've got to suddenly go through everything there and when I reflected back on it I was like mm, actually I would have done that differently or actually um, I think I could have done something different there. And I mentioned it to one of my um, old school colleagues. He said, shh, don't, like, don't tell anyone, don't say anything. And I was like, what? Like, oh, he, he, he thinks like, you know, he was like, you know, keep it quiet. And that, I'm, I'm so glad that I, you know, there is a very different mindset. Don't ever feel like you have to keep a mistake quiet from um, other colleagues. Mistakes are inevitable. Learning from them is, you know, what you can gain from it. So don't ever feel like you have to cover up mistakes. And it's not always a mistake. You know, the way I managed that situation was uh, was valid and you could argue uh, sort of two ways um, about it. But um, we learn best from sort of collaborating and learning from mistakes. There was a really interesting talk that I went to that said that um, the way that most plane crashes are prevented is pilots literally come together and discuss all the mistakes they've made. And I think that sort of mindset in medicine and dentistry is so important as well. Openly talk about your mistakes and then we can learn from each other's. Mm-hmm. So uh, there's, there's that side of it as well. Absolutely. Definitely. And I think we're only human as well like we're you know there are human factors that come into it and it's what we do about the mistakes that matters i think um like you're saying reflection and then doing something maybe different next time yeah one 100 for sure so we've sort of talked about your role and all the different qualities and you have kind of touched on this already but is there any advice for those that are thinking of entering the dental profession in general that you have Yes, so much advice. Um, this is why I, what I said before about wishing there was a, a podcast like this back when I was applying for, for dental school. I found the whole process quite intimidating because, as I said, I didn't come from a medical background, a dental background or anything. Um, and it all can seem a bit overwhelming and intimidating. I remember I went to one of the interviews and my mum came with me. And she looked around, she said, oh my God, Emmy, look around at all these people. They all look so smart. They all look like they could be dentists and stuff. I was like, thanks, mom. <laughs> That's really helpful. But um, no, you know, if you are someone that doesn't come from um, that kind of background, 
don't let that uh, intimidate you or anything. Um, the experiences that everyone brings from uh, all different walks of life are so important. Um, so yeah, don't let anything put you off it if it's what you want to do. I guess equally as important, if you're not sure that's what you want to do, don't feel that you have to. Um, I'm not gonna lie, I went to dental school with a few people who ended up in dental school perhaps um through pressures uh whether that be through their family or um you know pressure on themselves to achieve some kind of certain status or something um you know it is it is a job that can be very stressful very demanding and unless it fills you with fulfillment unless you are sure that that you know is what you want to do with your life um it probably lead to, to quite a stressful life you know um there is a lot of, of pressure in this job so unless you sort of are sure that that's what you want to do don't again don't be pushed into it the best advice i could give is get as much um experience as much information as much insider information you can about uh the career and what it entails and as much variety as well um you know, work, uh, going and uh, observing in a general practice is just a small fraction of what being a dentist uh, involves or um, there are so many other interesting areas as well, whether it's, you know, max facts in the hospital, um, going to a community setting um, and seeing what goes on there, orthodontics, all those sort of wonderful different areas that you can go in. There's, there's so many uh, avenues within dentistry. So it's good to get a good idea of them. And I, I suspect if, if you're listening to this podcast, you're probably someone that's quite motivated anyway. So uh, seeking out things like this finding out about all the roles within the, the dental team and um, getting to know the roles of the people that you're going to be working with in the future is, is so, so important. And the wonderful thing about applying for dentistry in this day and age is there is just a wealth of knowledge out there. There are thousands, literally thousands of dentists on Instagram and social media who you know are happy to have people message them and ask questions. You know, I, I get a lot of people message who um just want a little bit of advice on on the career and everything we're always happy to answer questions and help mm -hmm. people you know back back when I applied to dental school and, and back when I was in school doing work experience um I didn't have any links to anyone in in dentistry so it's incredibly hard to get work experience and such so really make the most of um things like social media and don't be afraid to sort of reach out to um dentists on there quite quite often they're more than happy to to help and then you know as well focus on um what you need to uh get into dental school uh usually you'll have to do um something like a uk cat try and get as much practice in beforehand and um really get to know uh the process and and what is expected of you uh, in terms of that so so go in with a with a good bit of knowledge uh as well the interview is usually set out as um you know where you're going to be interviewed by someone or by multiple people so you know don't be afraid to um utilize sort of friends and family to practice actually speaking um and practice giving those answers to the, the classic questions that you know that you're going to get um and then for those of you that are in dental school i think um 
the the power of hindsight, uh, my best advice would be um, trying to remember that, you know, you are literally training, you don't need to know everything, take every opportunity as a learning opportunity. I remember times um, on clinic where um, I don't know whether it was uh, struggling with an impression or, you know, a, a simple filling or something like it's okay to struggle with something like that, you're literally learning. And I remember I used to be like, oh, I don't want to call the tutor over because what if they look at it and they're like oh, Emmy this is not that good like what are you doing but no you're you're literally learning use every opportunity as like a, a learning opportunity and you you don't literally you don't have to know anything at all so um ask every single question um because you'll never have support like it out in the real world of course you'll still have support but there's there's no support quite like um the the comfort of being a dental student and having your your lecturers and your tutors and everything right there so definitely make the most of that while you have it the uh other thing i would say for dental students and people that are sort of gearing up ready to go into the real world of, of dentistry is don't be afraid to sort of stay in your lane and go down the route that you want to in dentistry, not necessarily the route that people think you should go down. Um, you know, I'd said before that um, I felt an awful lot of pressure to do the dental core training pathway, which is an excellent pathway. Um, really, really great. And anyone who's interested in it, I definitely recommend it. But it didn't quite suit the career route that I wanted to go down and what was going on in my life at the time that didn't really suit so don't be afraid to sort of pave your own way and um do what you want within dentistry I'm so glad that I did that now I had done my application for a particular role and I actually withdrew it and went for something else and I couldn't be more glad now because I wake up and go to work every day pretty excited for the day ahead and that is very rare and and very um I feel very lucky for that as well um I think it's very rare to have a job that you uh, enjoy that much um the other thing I would say is um things become a lot easier when you figure out your purpose within dentistry and you sort of figure out what success looks like for you and it doesn't have to be the same as your colleagues or your friends or other dentists um just figure out what fulfills you and and really go for that um and everything becomes a lot simpler when you kind of figure out what your purpose is uh, in dentistry and everyone like every single person has it in them to make a difference whether that's like big or small and that sounds so cheesy but like I'm nobody I just started like making a few videos um went and took a community role but now I feel I've really found my purpose and that the little things that I've done have had a big impact on some people and that is a really great feeling so um yeah and, and there's nothing special about me i'm just someone that literally put myself out there so um you know if there's something you're good at if there's something um within dentistry that sort of fulfills you and makes you feel like you have a purpose just go for it that's some really great advice to both aspiring students and to dental students who are there in dental school just now yeah. and i'm sure becky and i'll definitely take on board what you've said i feel completely inspired to be honest <laughs> oh <laughs> thanks it sounds yeah. really cheesy doesn't it it does sound a bit cheesy but um no that's i mean it, it is great i i absolutely love my job and i'm so thankful that i decided to pursue a career in dentistry because it has been 
more fulfilling than I could imagine. And yes, there are days where it's hard. Um, and yeah, there are times where um, you'll have uh, struggles and everything like that. But ultimately, I could not imagine myself in any other job. It is a really wonderful career. Yeah, that's great to hear. And I'm sure the people listening will feel really reassured at you saying that, actually. So I think that brings us to the end of the episode. And like you said, there are a lot of people are on Instagram nowadays, and it's a great way to find out more information about dentistry. Um, would you be happy for people to contact you, Emmy? And would you like to share your Instagram with those listening? Yeah, absolutely. Um, so my Instagram is just dentist Emmy. So it's dentist underscore Emmy, which is EMI. And yeah, absolutely. I'm, I'm happy to answer questions that, that anyone's got about um, going into a career in dentistry. No problem at all. Send me a message and I'll try and get back to you as soon as that's fine. That's brilliant. And thank you for joining us today, uh, Emmy. It's been really great to hear about your experiences. Oh. Really enjoyed this interview with you. Oh, thank you so much. Well, thank you so much for having me. I, like I said, I think this podcast is great. It's something that I wish was there back when I was applying for dental school and how you guys have found time to uh, record and edit podcasts while you're in dental school <laughs> as well is, is really brilliant. So no, you guys should be really proud. Thank you. And thanks for joining us again. We are really enjoying making these episodes and we hope you have found them interesting and learned a little more about dentistry. And you can follow us on Instagram at dental underscore appointment to keep up to date with us. Until our next episode. Bye. Bye.